0: Good afternoon and good evening, Light listeners. Welcome to a brand new episode. Literally 11 hours before I drop it. I have been just ridiculously busy all week. It just seems like these days go by so quick. And, you know, it's crazy since our son has been born just how fast things have gone now these last uh, three and a half weeks. and it really puts a challenge on getting episodes recorded. Normally I would record them on a Tuesday or Wednesday. Uh, and for some reason this week, I just, I just lost track. You know, it just kind of happened, I guess. And uh, we were, we had stuff going on and uh, I had errands to run and uh, I should have recorded yesterday. I had time, but uh, you know, I ended up running some more errands and helping pick up the house and you know, all that jazz. So you know life hits you and you just kind of fall into that rut but uh it's thursday night i'm here recording at 7 30 p.m and uh you know like i normally tell you on the show if you're a patron you would get this episode early uh sadly these last couple of weeks due to the birth of my son i've been late on stuff so um hopefully going forward i will get back to recording on sundays and mondays which would ensure that you have, uh, you know, get, you get the episode early. That's for patrons. Everybody else, you guys just get it Saturday, Friday morning at drop at 7 a.m. when I release it. And it, you know, even some of the patrons, though, it's funny, because even some of the patrons don't necessarily listen to it before it drops. They just cue it as they go. And, uh, like, I have one guy, uh, Chris, who uh, runs Ezra Reads the Law, He's like, it's my Friday morning ritual. He's like, I queue you up. And he's got you know, a couple other shows that he puts on. And he goes about his routes and does his stuff and listens to a whole bunch of shows. And uh, so that's really cool. I mean, I, I'm honored to be a part of that. And uh, I think it's really cool that people cue my show up. I mean, we we get a good amount of listeners, um, you know, every for every episode. But, I, you know, I'm always looking for more. Not necessarily to you know for any other reason other than to get the Word of Christ out there, it's just kind of like the same reason me, as a pastor, I want more people in my church, not because the church needs this or that. it's because people need the gospel, and you know it's one of the biggest pieces that I've been really trying to push in this community uh is the you know livelihood of the church, the importance of the church, and going to church and I am always pushing individuals that if you're not in a church, find yourself a church. I've had, I've even given the extreme recommendation that if you don't have a sound biblical church within an hour driving distance, you might want to consider moving because in my eyes as a pastor and one who has come into faith later in life, your faith walk is more important than your career. You can get a job anywhere in most fields, but your faith is, it it is extremely important to you. And it, I mean, it's, it's the difference between life and death. I mean, you could physically die, but we're talking spiritual death and that's way more scary. And so I always strive to recommend people to be in a sound church and that's what we're, you know, moving forward with with my church is how are we to reach these younger crowds and get these uh younger parents and uh children in and hearing the gospel proclaimed because this is the difference of life or death. And uh and it's just overcoming the selfish fleshly desires of sleeping in or remaining at home on Sundays and watching football and you know eating wings until I burst. It's taken the time to cultivate a spiritual household, and especially for men, if you're listening, this is a call out and a demanding, essentially, from to you uh, to get off your butts and start to run your household as God has given you the privilege to do so. And That's just a side rant. Uh, a couple of things on the tap before we get into today's show. Again, I think we're going to stick to the shorter uh, spectrum. I think that has worked well for us, Uh, so we're going to probably stick between 30 and 40 minutes per episode, depending on the content that we're going to get through today. We are going to finish the Song of Solomon, so we will get through seven and eight and wrap this book up, and we will move on to the next stop in our story, or series, I guess you should say, and uh, I am going to try and get a second episode recorded. I did make a comment on on my Instagram page that I want to do a separate episode on Romans ten, verse nine, and I want to do it from a Lutheran perspective, and I want to do it from you know the drawing out this difference of easy believism and and too much grace, but I also want to really uh, spend time on the idea of proclaiming one's faith to ensure salvation. Uh, so we're going to spend it. We'll, we'll do an episode on that. I'm hoping if I can get it in, uh, it might drop next week. Um, but it is on my radar to record an episode. And as always, I think I'm going to be guest on a couple uh, other shows this uh, fall and winter. So stay tuned for announcements on that. And uh, as normal, we will do a Christmas series. It's only I think we're going to come and echo my sermon series as I did last year. So it might only be 3 weeks this year which is how long my sermon series is going to be and uh it's going to be putting Christ into Christmas and so it's going to be a direct reflective of of seeing the true Christmas story and uh all that sort so I got a interesting little sermon series block etched up. And uh, I got some good uh, guidelines to walk myself down. So that'll be the Christmas series that you guys can anticipate here in the next uh, two months. So uh, as normal, guys, if you want to come join us on Patreon, we are listener supported. So please come join us. Um, We have currently 52 wonderful, devoted patrons, and uh, I love each and every one of them. And As soon as we get to 75, I've said this a while back, as soon as we get to 75, I'm doing a giveaway, and we're going to give a commentary away to the patrons. As soon as we hit 100, uh, then we'll do a Logos Bible software package giveaway. So a lot to be had in there on top of the Bible studies. We're going through the the prophet Hosea right now in the Old Testament for our Bible study. Uh, I am working through writing a Galatians commentary, but I've been backlogged with birth of my son, obviously and some other life things so that's about halfway done and it's still coming notes and all that are available uh there is other uh, exclusive content you could say to the patron only uh we're going to do a, a zoom session um probably this weekend maybe if we can get enough people together and uh you know just a private chat and a little powwow type meetup for a dollar a month, get all of that and more. So guys, hit me up if you have any questions or anything, if you've never heard of what Patreon is. Basically, it's just a, a crowdfunding website that you can uh, give a, a certain amount of dollars. Some give a dollar, some give more. You can give 10, 20. Um, I don't have anybody that gives an exor I mean, I have some people that give a good amount of money. Uh, but I know that there are other sites out there that have tiers we don't do tiers at undying light but they have tiers and they go up to like a hundred dollars or more in their tier setup that's pretty crazy and i know that there are givers in those realms those are your you know underground artists and whether you know musicians and and uh, drawing artists and stuff like that they are very very talented individuals i'm just a (laughs) as i like to joke i'm a I'm a small-town, low-budget podcast-producing guy, and I would love if this show could really just blow up and get out to the mainstream and uh, get the attention of some of the bigger ears out there. But I'm content with doing what I'm doing now and just chipping away at the world and producing content every week that is edifying to your ears because that's what we do at Undone Light. We take scripture we explain it for you to listen to, easy for you to understand, and for you to explain to others. So we are in the Song of Solomon. We have done six chapters thus far in the series. So we've been in it for a little over a month now. And uh, we are going to wrap it up today. So uh, tomorrow's episode on October 8th, will wrap this up. Now, I did mention... um in the first episode, the order of the series. And I'm going to, since this is the last episode of this, uh, I can call it division. I'm going to kind of give that series again. So we have, uh, numerous, um, episodes recorded on undying light, uh, thus far in the series. Next, we're going to go to Esther and then we're going to walk through the Psalms. We're not going to go through all of them, but we're going to hit some of the big stuff and we're going to kind of uh talk about the different types of psalms and we're gonna so we'll do a, a broad study on the psalms i i don't know how many episodes i'm gonna spend on that i i really haven't mapped that portion of it out just yet but i'm very excited because i think while we might read the psalms and maybe even study them we don't really actually get into the meat and uh so i've got some good commentaries And uh, I I love Luther's uh, book on the Psalms. So we're going to use that too. Uh, He's got a devotional book on the Psalms. After that, we're going to go to Ecclesiastes. Then we're going to walk ourselves through some of the minor prophets in the Old Testament. And we might even pick up some of the big uh, major prophets as well, depending on how the series kind of plays out. If we have maybe somebody like Ezekiel, Um, who's kind of shrouded in mystery a little bit. Um, You know, his letter is extremely uh, uh, cryptic and really wasn't well understood until John wrote the book of Revelation, as I uh, explained on that series. So we might, you know, pick up on that a little bit, not do a deep dive on him, but highlight him. Uh, And then we're going to look at the New Testament. We're not going to spend a ton of time there, but we're going to look at Philemon and maybe a little bit of Paul's missionary work around that time period And that'll wrap up this series. After that, um, I don't know, I might pick back up and and start where uh, I started with this current sermon series that I'm in and do uh, Bible study or Bible stories. So all of the uh, stories you heard in Sunday school growing up, we will uh, go into that and and I'll be able to exegete that text and explain it from a biblical perspective and not just a uh, fluffy Sunday school perspective. And that's what I've been doing right now. We've done Genesis one and two in our church to, uh, this Sunday, we're going to cover the the fall in Genesis three. Next Sunday, we're looking at Cain and Abel, and then we're going to go to the flood. And then we're going to go to Abraham and we are going to talk a few weeks into Abraham. And then we're going to kind of move on uh, down the road. We won't hit all of Genesis, but we're going to hit the big points and then we will go into uh, Moses and talk about the Exodus, and you know there we'll just and, and keep going. So we're going to hit all of those big stories and then some, because I think it's going to be uh, crucial and beneficial and enjoyable, hopefully, to the ears that listen to it. So I pray that it is an edifying sermon series. You can find all my sermon series uh, videos on YouTube under Stratford Evangelical Lutheran. You, that link is in my bio on Instagram, or you can find us on Facebook and send us a friend request and uh, and come follow my sermons live Sunday mornings. So as I mentioned, we're going to get through seven and eight today, a lot of content, and uh, we're getting into, um, as I had uh, mentioned at the top of this uh, series, we're going to... Uh, we We had kind of um an outline, a division essentially for this book. uh seven and eight uh seven finds us in the sixth cycle, um, and we're at praise. and then we're going to go to the invitation and the longing. and then eight through the end is really just the conclusion. so we'll we'll move probably through eight fairly quickly. So we've gone through six total cycles. Uh, we're kind of halfway through the sixth one right now. And, uh, and, and as I mentioned earlier on the first episode in this series, it breaks it down, uh, each section of verses kind of highlight what is happening. Um, and, and really, if you have a study Bible, any of the study Bibles will give you a generic, um, kind of outline to the book and you can get into, um, uh, what do I want to say? You can get into, you know, deeper stuff in terms of understanding how the books are laid out. So like I said, I'm using uh, Luther's works. I'm using the Lutheran study Bible and the ESV study Bible on my commentaries. I'm walking us through this text. And so we've got quite a bit in our lap. So let's not waste any more time. Uh, as we could wrap up chapter six, uh, all the way through verse seven and Uh, chapter 7, verse 10, we can conclude it with this. Out of all the queens, the concubines, and the virgins that Solomon had available to him, the Shulamite was his, quote-unquote, only one. Uh, We talked about this last week, so I want to just rehash it and and remind people. We dug into that topic of multiple wives, and, uh, and I thought Luther's words on that were most appropriate and uh easiest to understand. So chapter 7 is uh, a continuation here of verse 6 or of chapter 6. I'm I'm sorry. Here we we have uh, a couple segments here um going back to the early parts of 6. So we have together in the garden of love uh and then the Shulamite speaks for two verses and then Solomon speaks Solomon and his bride delight in each other. And he's speaking now all the way through uh, for, for quite a while here. Uh, there's going to be a little bit here. She's responding in verses 11 and 12, and then the others in verse 13. And then he picks back up here at the end of chapter six and carries himself all the way through to, uh, essentially nine and a half, nine part B. She says a few verses, and then she picks up and, carries all the way through actually until verse 13 of chapter eight. Now, again, most of your Bibles will have these headers, like an ESV study Bible or an ESV Bible itself will just have these headers. uh, And they will kind of designate who's speaking. Uh, And I think that helps to understand the content of what's going on. So we find ourselves here in chapter seven, and uh, Solomon is speaking here. Remember, this is continuation from early parts of chapter six. Uh, he picks up here in verse one. How beautiful are your feet and sandals, O noble daughter. Your rounded thighs are like jewels and the work of of a master hand. Men, I'm going to just say, don't tell your spouse that her thighs are like rounded jewels. Stay away from that one verse two, your navel is a rounded bowl that lacks uh, mixed wine. Your belly is a heap of wheat enticed with lilies. Again, don't tell your spouse that her belly is a heap of wheat. But again, we're going to pack, unpack this a little bit and see what is he talking about? This is some wake. This is, is some interesting stuff. Now, again, um, verse three, your is going to be Depending on how you deal with language, this is what it says. Your two breasts are like two fawns. We've talked about that earlier. Twins of a gazelle. Uh, Your neck is like an ivory tower. Your eyes are pools in Hesbon by the gate of uh, Beth Rabin. Your nose is like a tower of Lebanon, which looks towards to Damascus. Your head crowned you like a caramel, and your flowing locks are like purple. A king is held captive in the tresses. How beautiful and pleasant you are, O loved one, with all of your delights. Your stature is like a palm tree, and your breasts are like its clusters. I say I will climb the palm tree and lay hold its fruit. O may your breasts be like the clusters of the vine, and the scent of your breath like apples in the mouth like the best wine. All right, that's chapter 7 all the way to verse uh, uh, 9a. So he, again, is kind of regurgitating some of the same language that he's used earlier. We, we, we kind of dug into some of that when we walked through chapter four. And, you know, I always want to try and illustrate when reading these books, we have to understand in the proper context what is actually happening um, because we don't really get too much uh, depth really i mean other than his descriptions for her here uh verses 1 through really uh, 11 actually it's very descriptive cuz she responds here in nine part b it says it goes down smoothly for my beloved gliding over her over lips and teeth i am my beloved's and his desires is for me so that's verse 10 verse 11 the bride gives her love and verse 11 says come my beloved let us go out into the fields and lodge in the villages Let us go out early to the vineyards and see whether the vines have budded, whether the great blossoms have opened and the pomegranates are in bloom. Then I will give you my love. The mandrakes give forth fragrance and beside our doors are all choice fruits, new as well as old, which I've laid up for you, O my beloved so there's uh verse or er, verse thirteen uh in chapter seven, so not again not a ton going on in terms of content when we talk uh you know n- uh these verses here in chapter seven one through nine is description of the women's beauty um I really we dug into this in depth back when we did the episode that covered chapter four. Uh, and they do take an erotic delight in each other's physical appearance. I mean he really is exclaiming here some of these features that you know are really meant to be done in the privacy of a bedroom in uh in a marriage, and so these aren't something you're gonna you know say to your wife as you're at dinner or you're you know at the grocery store with the kids. These are these are compliments and and phrases used that are reserved to uh, really take pleasure in your spouse. So, again, you know, any and every warning that you can have towards the content and the language of this these verses, uh, I would always recommend any time you get into this particular uh, book to really um, explain it and spend time explaining it to your your younger, uh, I would, I wouldn't say children, uh, teenagers or young adult children, if you have those, because this is probably not one you're going to cover in Sunday school. I just going to say that. Uh, so verse four here in chapter seven, your neck is like an ivory tower. Um, as back in chapter four, verse four, the woman's neck is likened to a tower. Uh, Since it is made made of precious ivory, the dignity and beauty of her neck, rather than any physical aspect of it, is once again the reason for the simile. Similarly, the man praises the grandeur of her nose by comparing it to an an elevated tower of Lebanon overlooking the important Syrian city of Damascus. Uh, Mount Carmel is west of the Sea of Galilee near the Mediterranean Sea. Purple is associated with royalty as the related dye was expensive. Uh, We covered that back in Chapter 3. And as in the previous verse, these images portray the woman's dignity. No wonder she can hold her king captive. So there's this, you know, infatuation that he has for her. And it's not you know anything to really it's not something to shy away from right he is in madly in love with her and uh he's really uh, ex- explaining that thoroughly in this song here uh verse 11 now remember this is this shulamite speaking here uh the fields and villages uh we can go back to uh we're going to actually encompass here these uh in verses 12 and 13 the shulamite envisions the exchange of marital intimacy among the flora of the field this imagery is like the bliss encountered earlier uh in the song as we talked in chapter one and chapter two uh budded as spring approaches plants begin to blossom obviously it's what she's pointing to is this you know the earliness of spring in the coming forward of the new plants and flowers. Uh, The mandrakes in verse 13. uh, Believed to be an aphrodisiac or an aid to conception. Uh, This is a reflection back to Genesis chapter 30. Uh, New as well as old, fresh as well as dried and preserved fruit. Sign of abundance as the previous year's harvest has not yet run out. So 11 through 13, within the blessing of holy wedlock, the intimacy of the husband and wife is to be cherished and not neglected. Uh, Paul writes about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Uh, The Lord calls husband and wife to give each other their love and bear bear its fruit. And this is going to Genesis chapter 1, Psalm 127, and uh, the Song of Solomon here in uh, verse 12. So, that is chapter 7 really in a nutshell again um we we i think we spent a a good chunk of time on last week's episode really it may have been last week or the week before but in this series we'll say on describing the importance of intimacy within the marriage and really more so the fact that men and women should be loving their spouse you know loving their 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 partner, their significant other, whatever term you want to give your husband and wife, their love should be immeasurable. It should be the demonstration that Christ loves his people. That's what Paul writes to us in Ephesians 5, for the husbands to love your wife as Christ loves the church. And so you should show that sacrificial love when you're tired, when you're just broken down and beaten into a pulp, you still get up and help your spouse. You still get up and change the diapers. You make sure the dishes are done. You make sure the house is picked up. You make sure the laundry is moving along. You help do the little things. Now we can get into all of these wonderful things in terms of showing your love, but really at the essence, what I want to get to is the freedom that Christ has given us to display that love. And because you have been freed by Christ from your sin and your, and the death that you would have had, and the devil who entices and entraps many in the world, because you have been freed from that, you have the privilege and the ability to love your spouse as Christ loves the church. You can demonstrate that freely, and it's not out of a necessity or a grumbling, but it's out of love and appreciation for your spouse. So whole ball of wax we can get into. I preached a bit of a sermon on this when we did Ephesians chapter five, and uh, you can find that on our YouTube page. Um, so if you have any questions, I could point you to that sermon. I got to get better at cataloging them. Um, that's a project I'm going to be working on soon. But anyways, let's get into chapter eight. Here's our time is running out. Uh, verse one. Oh, that you were like a brother to me again. Remember, this is the Shulamite still speaking. She carries on through, uh, a, a chunk here, uh, who nursed at my brother, my mother's breast. If I found you outside, I would kiss you and none would despise me. I would bring you, I would lead you and bring you into the house of my mother She who used to teach me, I will give you spiced wine to drink, the juice of my pomegranate. His left hand is under my head, and his right hand embraces me. I adjure adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, that you would not stir up or awaken love until it pleases. Who is that coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? Under the tree, I awaken you. There your mother was in labor with you, that she bore you. Uh, what there, she who bore you was in labor, set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm for the love is strong as death. Jealousy is fierce as the grave. It flashes or flashes of fire. The very flame of the Lord, many waters cannot quench love. Neither can floods drown it. If a man offered her for love, all the wealth of his house, he would be utterly despised. Uh, final advice. This is the others. We have a little sister, and she has no breast. What shall we do f- for our sister on the day when she is spoken for? If she is a wall, we would build on her a battlement of silver. But if she is a door, we will enclose her with uh, boards of cedar. The Shulamite says, I was a wall, and my breasts were like towers, and I was in his eyes as one who finds peace. Solomon had a vineyard at Baal, at Baal Haman. He let out the vineyard to the keepers. Each one was to bring uh, forth its fruit, a thousand pieces of silver. My vineyard, my very own, is is before me. You, O Solomon, may have a thousand, and the keepers of the fruit, two hundred. And Solomon replies, O you dwell in the gardens with companions listening for your voice. Let me hear it. And she says, Make haste, my beloved. Be like a gazelle. Or a young stag on the mountains of spices. All right, so that is all of chapter eight, which means we've read every verse in the Song of Solomon, all eight chapters. That now concludes on this podcast two complete books of the Bible that we have gone through the Book of Revelation, verse by verse, and the Song of Solomon, verse by verse. Completely obscure books that you will probably hear very rare preaching from in the church but interesting and beneficial yet to the listener. So let's get into chapter 8 here, verse 1. Like a brother, the Shulamite desires unbridled public freedom to openly express her love for Solomon as she would publicly express a love, her love for a brother. Outside I would kiss you in ancient Israel, it was not customary to express marital intimacy publicly. Uh, Verse uh, verse 2, teach me the Shulamite's mother doubtlessly trained her from youth in the way she should live. Proverbs 22, 6. Mature women are uh, are to continue to instruct and set examples for younger women. This is coming from Titus chapter 2, as Paul writes. Um... This wilderness we find in verse 5 uh, takes us back to the uh, chapter 3. The wilderness is a desert between the land of Israel and Egypt. So we covered that back in chapter 3. So go back and listen to that episode. Uh, the labor with you there, she bore you. Consummation of their marital love occurs at the place where the bridegroom was conceived, namely under the apple tree. In verse 6, the seal, the si- uh, centrical seal or a signet ring often marked uh, with one's name or uh, monogram was pressed into wax or clay's legal mark of authentic, authentic authentication may have been an amulet dangling above your heart if the shulamite were solomon's seal then she bore his name and uh hebrew here this uh word for love is ahaba or I I can't, I think they do hard H's in Hebrew. Again, I don't speak Hebrew. I never admit to it. I can say a little bit of Greek, um, but uh yeah, Hebrew's not my forte. How the love that is personified here in the song makes one think of God's love. Uh and death is uh was want, was also personified at this time by pagan deities such as um we see the king mot which uh is a reflection to job 18 it is also referred to a place of the dead sheol and uh so there's some there's some interesting things here in verse 6 set and this is verse 6 here it says set me as a seal on your heart as a seal upon your arm for love is strong as death jealously is fierce as the grave. It flashes are flashes of fire in the very flame of the Lord. So she is cultivating this, you know, uh, imagery here of how strong love truly is. It is stronger than death. And, it, and, and, again, it's a demonstration to, uh, the love that Christ has, that he laid down his life for his church and the love that he had overcame death. Uh, Verse 7 here, waters cannot quench love. Ultimately, it is God's love uh, that withstands an onslaught of life's raging floods. God rescued Israel from the shores of the Red Sea, uh, where he used water to crush the enemy of Egypt. And also, water, again, is another demonstration of the baptism that we would then be instituted in the New Testament as Jesus comes. So, we get to sum up verses one through seven. Uh, are we lukewarm when it comes to God's desires to save us? God loves us with a passion, as Exodus twenty, uh, verses five and six demonstrate. And you really have to think about this. Yes, as I'd mentioned, this is the uh letter that Solomon is demonstrating to his bride here, but we also have the interpretation that this is another. Um, analogy or allegorical uh, connection to Jesus Christ and the love for the church. And so when we see this, are we being lukewarm or are we as passionate for Christ as the Shulamite demonstrates here? Uh, all right. So let's get into some of this later text here. Verse eight, this phrasing has no breasts, still very young before breasts had formed. Uh, what shall we do? And spoken for a question directed to her elder brothers who have a responsibility to safeguard the chastity of their little sister. Uh, and then the day that she has spoken for is when she's betrothed to another. Uh, verse 9: families ought to curb their child their children's rebellion and command them in godly living. We are to consider ourselves the keeper of our sister or brother in the faith that the coming day of Christ's return may be a day of gladness for his people. This wall is a figurative for virginity. Uh, The girl's brothers are to continue to protect and extol and even adorn her with all of their, all of her virtue deserves. This door is figurative for promiscuity. The promiscuous girl's brothers are to do uh, what they can to rescue her, calling her to repentance and putting a stop to her wicked ways. Uh, verse 10 is the one who finds peace, this temporal marital peace that the Shulamite finds may derive from her virtuous living. Uh, verses 11 and 12 what Solomon has belongs to his bride, and what the Shulamite has freely given to her husband. They are one flesh in marriage, sharing all things, even wealth in common. And Baal Haman, this place name for uh, uncertain location, may mean. Uh, processor of abundance and was intended to reinforce the description of the vineyard a thousand pieces of silver caretakers would bring and money from selling the vineyard's produce as a portion uh, was that then returned to the owners Jesus tells us Matthew 21 so we can sum up verses eight through 14 here that uh, we are not to conform ourselves to the pattern of the world, but remain holy and set apart as a wall. The Lord wants to preserve his dear ones until the end. So this was the call here at the very end of the book um, that uh, it's to remain faithful. Again, we have the second interpretation here of scripture for the church and Uh, in Jesus Christ's love for the church, and that we are to remain pure, holy, and set apart, and we are not to conform to the patterns of this world, as Paul writes in Romans. So that is the conclusion to the Song of Solomon. It really kind of just ends. There's not a, you know it just really ends with her saying, make haste my beloved. <laughs> There's nothing, you know, where he returns or anything. He just kind of ends it. And, uh, and, and I think that's okay. Um, we, we don't really get too deep into, uh, to anything here, but I am want to read Luther's notes on 14. This is what he says here. The bride in turn says farewell to the bridegroom and asks that he put an end to the, to this captivity of, Uh, to the law and scatter the unrestricted doctrine of the gospel on the world as on the changing uh, mountains and be like a gazelle, never standing still in one place. In this way, I understand this book to be about Solomon's state. If I am wrong about this, a first effort deserves lenience. The musings of others have much larger share of absurdity. That's what Luther writes as he concludes uh, his letter on the song of Solomon. Um, Again, as he said, and I said it in the first episode that this is his take and his understanding to be on how Solomon views the state and very easy or very much. So to the fact that we could say that because Solomon had many wives and concubines and virgins at his disposal. So he was a man who had everything that he could ever passionately want. And so when he's writing this, Uh, Luther really takes the time to break down this uh, detail and peel back layers. And, you know, is is Luther seeing something here that may or may not be in the text? It's possible. And he even says it. If I'm wrong, uh, this first effort deserves uh, lenience. And the musings of others have a much larger share of absurdity. I, I don't think Luther's probably far off from the position on this letter, and and I think there are people who have taken this to an ex, an extreme opposite and have abused this letter. Uh, I think Luther really has a, a profound understanding of Scripture. Obviously, that's why I study him and his works. So, uh, that's it, guys. It's the Song of Solomon. You know. <sighs> What did I learn about this book? Interestingly enough, I think it's a great demonstration of Christ's love for the church, and it's a great demonstration of how a man should love his wife and a uh, demonstration of sacrificial love, and it's a reminder of that. And again, I can do a whole episode on kind of what I learned, but I think just to really sum it up and to conclude this little portion of our series, that you know, we as Christians have been given this freedom in Christ and we can take that freedom and go forward and share that freedom and that love with other people. And so, uh, I, like I said, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe it was last week, you know, we just celebrated our 14 year wedding anniversary. My wife and I have two beautiful kids and I had the privilege today of actually going on a little uh afternoon date with my wife we had a couple doctors appointments to do and uh we went to lunch together and had a, a meal and just ran some errands got ice cream together and it was a beautiful day i mean just to be able to treasure time with your spouse is crucial to the success of your marriage. And so spot find time and just do things small and spontaneous and to really demonstrate your love for your spouse. So that's what I really called out of this letter guys. I'm very excited next week. We're going to get into uh, Esther and we're going to see what is going on there. And uh, we will spend the next handful of weeks looking at uh, that particular letter. As I'm looking here uh, in my Notes. It is 10 chapters, and so we will um, get into this. Interestingly enough, just a precursor here, the book Esther never mentions God's name, and yet God clearly orchestrated all of the events. So we will uh, get into some of this, and uh, I'm going to attempt to read some of these names. Um, We might not read it verse by verse, but we might be talking section by section because I'm just looking— there's a ton of uh you know things going on here and we're going to look at who these kings are and who these queens are being talked about um and there are the seven princes of persia and media there's a ton happening so we'll get into it uh and we'll take it not quite as in depth i think maybe in depth but not verse by verse so we'll talk about them but we'll see how it comes. That's next week's episode guys. Uh stay tuned for it and I hope to see you on Patreon because then we can get you onto our Discord server and have a party and we're also on Telegram where we have a backup server if that if des- if Discord goes down as it did earlier this week uh and Instagram goes down so we had Telegram and Discord that we could go back to but uh they both kind of failed. And uh, we were kind of stuck in the water, but we have ways to get around stuff. So come hit us up and uh, join us and you'll not regret it. Guys, until next week, be blessed and enjoy the freedom Christ has given you.